0: I'm Rachel Barenbaum, author of A Bend in the Stars, and today I'm here with debut author extraordinaire Christy Van Meter. Her novel Creatures was unbelievable. I could not put it down. I can't believe I missed it in hardback. It's just about to drop in paperback and I want to tell everyone to run out and buy a copy. Christy, tell me what is this book about?
1: This book is about a dysfunctional family off a fictional island off the coast of Los Angeles.
0: And can you tell me a little bit more, like what happens to that? Yeah.
1: So it's a a woman on the eve of her wedding and uh, her absent mother shows up. There's a dead whale. The groom is missing at sea and she's grieving her really messed up childhood with her father. So she's basically learning to love uh, for the first time right before her wedding. (laughs) Perfect timing.
0: I love it. So this book is filled with all kinds of section breaks. You have sections for days of the week and weather, and then there's sort of these essay prompts. Can you talk about why you made all these sections and why that switch? I just can't get them out of my head.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm personally as a writer and reader really interested in form and people who are playing around with it. So I think it would be weird for me personally to write a sort of linear straightforward novel, but you're right, there are some second person chunks in this book and uh, Evie, the main character, she's a researcher and a lecturer at a sea institute and sort of a wannabe almost marine biologist. And so she's constantly asking herself questions Um, about nature and I think that those questions really are questions about her life Uh, and it's sort of she tells these tales and these answers in the second person I think one to sort of cope with things it's a lot easier to tell other people about things than it is to tell ourselves so I think the second person is something I loved and really wanted to play with and play with time and you're right there's a lot of section breaks and changes in time but um, I love that stuff.
0: So you sort of alluded or mentioned the fact that this isn't a linear narrative, that you go back and forth in time and, you know, in voice. How did you keep track of everything as you were writing it?
1: Oh, God, that's a horrible question. Uh, I'm really bad at that. And I know there are, like, programs to do this correctly, but I sort of go at a Word document, uh, don't keep things in order, and I sort of um, print things out and spread them all over the the house and piece them back together and... um, that's sort of what I did <laughs> for this book. So I don't have a really good scientific answer, but.
0: And then when you sat down with your editor, finally, was the editor like, let's put this on a spreadsheet or something?
1: Actually, I was so lucky by the time it got to the editor, we, we kept most of the book intact. I had kept the book to myself for a really long time before sharing it even with agents. So I was pretty lucky. This the, the way you read it is, is almost the way I sort of wanted it to be read and, and presented it to them. Um, There was one more chapter in the future in the middle of the book and my editor rightfully so was like, oh my God, this is way too many jumps in time. Like, no, no, no. And we ended up cutting it, which um, I'm grateful for now, obviously.
0: Let's talk about setting because I'm going to read my notes because I want to make sure I get these words right. They're just so beautiful. So you have a whale rotting in half moon bay, right? You have an island battered by a tsunami, earthquake, Taurus, winter island is just pummeled but so are your characters. Yeah. And I'm curious what came first?
1: Um, I definitely think the setting. So I'm from Southern California, born and raised. I grew up between LA and basically San Diego, um, all over the place. And my dad lived in Newport Beach most of my life, which is a peninsula. So I remember going there all the time and just literally being surrounded by water, but then also emotionally kind of feeling that way as well. So the setting for me came first. I knew I wanted to write about LA and Southern California. Um, I live in LA now. And it's just kind of part of, you know, like all of us our sort of home and setting is kind of part of who we are. So the setting came first for sure. And the characters pretty easily followed, to be honest.
0: And they're both pummeled, right? Pummeling one another. What, how yeah. did you think through those connections?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that again, I kept thinking of this idea. Yeah, exactly. Like sort of waves crashing and being surrounded by water and drowning and sort of these comparisons to nature feel so real in our emotional life. And for me personally, I have always sort of gauged my personal feelings with sort of my surroundings and not just setting, but, you know, nature and growing up by the beach and all those things. It just kind of lends itself to, especially tragedy lends itself I think to nature metaphors like so perfectly so i think it just was kind of an easy an easy setup to be honest
0: okay you mentioned it where you grew up and so i just have to ask you were the surf editor for espn too in a past life
1: i was i worked for um in my 20s i moved to new york city and uh, i worked for espn and it's like we did like x game stuff so like skateboarding surfing snowboarding i honestly I don't think I was a very good surf editor, but uh yeah, I did that for for a while <laughs> in my in my past. <laughs>
0: so are you a surfer? Were you in the X Games?
1: Uh oh my god, no. Uh but yeah, I grew up surfing. Um I don't really surf anymore this during quarantine, I've uh, been boogie boarding a lot, which I haven't done since I was a kid and it's like the most joyous fun thing that I can remember and I'm so happy I've been doing it. But yeah, my whole family grew up water, people, surfing, fishing, you know, the whole swimming, all of that stuff. It's just part of who I am, I guess. And now part of the book. (laughs) I love it.
0: The relationship between Evie and her parents is really tense at best. And her father in particular takes care of her most of the time, but he's a drunk and an addict. Um, And, you know, they spend some stretches of time homeless. And there's this this one part where she's looking back on that and she says, uh, we both had to be kids to survive, Mm -hmm. survive her own childhood and life. Can you talk about that? I just love that line.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah, I think when children are dealing with, you know, heavy stuff and adults too, sometimes you just... I think even for parents, right, especially a man who, in this case, this dad who's an addict and a and a drunk and he can't provide for his daughter. I think sometimes there has to be moments where they're both kind of kids flailing around and, you know, it can't be as serious all the time. And I think there were there are moments in this book where it's really heavy, but there also had to be some sort of levity because that's real life. I think I, I think when things are bad, you know, yes, things are bad and you live in the bad, but you also have to live in kind of just the now and sometimes the light. So. I think that's kind of where, where that comes from.
0: Let's talk about Evie's friend Rook, because in many ways she was the opposite, but she was also exactly what Evie needed. How did you think of Rook?
1: I think Rook for me on a personal level is like 40 of my friends combined. I think in women, you know, women, girls, when they're becoming women in those high school friendships are sort of obsessive and crazy and fun and and evie has to be so serious to take care of her parents all the time and rook is totally reckless crazy fun you know um, all the things maybe evie would want to be uh as a kid like a kid is supposed to do but hasn't been able to do it so i think they're very opposite like you said um but in so many ways it's a weird therapeutic thing to have a friendship like that i think especially for evie who's taking care of her parents to have this totally clueless reckless friend I think is, you know, that moment of levity for her and sort of backing out of all that seriousness and just being able to, like, let go a little bit.
0: But at the same time, Rook is also the only one who says, we'll always love each other. We'll always be there for each other. Yeah. Right? She's a stability that Evie doesn't have otherwise.
1: Right. And I think Evie is used to, like, you know, messed up stability. But to have someone so openly loving to her, even though that is kind of a weird dysfunctional teenage into adulthood relationship. Um, I think it matters, like you said, like I think Evie needs to be loved and to have a friend be that person, I think is, a, is re- very real in a lot of our lives and and important.
0: There's one other line from the book that I just can't get out of my head that I would love to hear you talk about. Uh, Evie writes, if you live on an island with a mother who doesn't want you and a father who wants too much, you might scream and no one will hear you.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think. Um, again, I think also Evie's an only child. She's on an island. She feels like an island. I kept. I keep coming back to this idea of feeling like you're drowning, um, not only literally on an island full of crazy weather and you know the earth is melting, but but having these types of parents, who are really shitty parents. Um, just feeling like you're screaming into the void that you know no one no one's going to hear your you cry and i love this idea of her being on an island and sort of picturing her screaming on the edge of this earth and you know who's who's going to come save her so i think a, a lot of this i idea about the book and forgiveness and her life is she eventually has to sort of take care of herself but sort of forgive herself and her parents or you know no no one's coming to save her sadly
0: yeah Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. I absolutely loved the book. May you sell many, many copies of The Big Man. Thank you so
1: much.